Coming up on Locked on Dodgers, beat LA sounds so much fun when the other team's chan- fans chant it. The Dodgers thought they'd try it, so they beat quote-unquote LA, the team down the road, 2 to nothing. Clayton Kershaw did goat things. Uh, Caleb Ferguson looked like the Caleb Ferguson who we wish existed. And uh, a lot of good stuff happened in this game. And we got all that and a ton of pitching notes. So let's get locked on Dodgers. You are locked on Dodgers. Your daily Los Angeles Dodgers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hey, Dodger fans, this is Locked On Dodgers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On Dodgers your first listen every weekday morning. Remember, this show is free and available on all podcast platforms and on YouTube simply by searching for Locked On Dodgers. Or even better, go ahead and subscribe wherever you're watching and listening right now. Then you can be an everydayer just like we are. If this is your first time with us, I am Jeff Snyder. That guy next to me is Vince Samperio. Vince and I are both lifelong Dodger fans, just like you are. We've also both spent time covering the Dodgers in the press box and the locker room. So we're not quite insiders, but we bring you the smart fans perspective on our boys in blue every weekday morning. Today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONMLB for $20 off your first purchase. Last minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. And Vince, uh, you and I had the same idea for a tweet. The only difference was that you had the guts to tweet it before the game was over, and I did not. Uh, I'm not generally superstitious, but uh, I did feel like I needed to wait until the bullpen finished not sucking before I uh, I, I said, uh, Dave Roberts is a lot smarter when the bullpen pitches well. And uh, you said something along those same lines just an inning earlier than I did. I saw it right after I tweeted mine. Uh, and, uh, yeah, you know, the Dodgers won the game 2 to nothing. Clayton Kershaw was outstanding. We're going to talk about Kershaw in a second. Uh, everything about this was like what we hoped the Dodgers could be. The offense didn't really do much. They only scored two runs and, you know, got a little bit lucky on those. Uh, but, you know, Clayton Kershaw did what Clayton Kershaw needed to do. It's what he's done so many times in his 16 years with the Dodgers, uh, just coming in and being that shutdown starter who gets the job done. Just – I. I don't know. I I don't know what words to say about Clayton Kershaw because what we saw tonight was just, you know, Jerry Harrison said after the game, after Kershaw's retired, when people ask me to describe Kershaw, I'm just going to show him that seventh inning. When it was second and third, nobody out and a scoreless game. And he kept it scoreless. That was, it it was ridiculous. Yeah. And this is what the third or fourth time already this season where the Dodgers are coming off either a losing streak or a bad loss and Kershaw just completely does what they need to do, you know, helps the bullpen out, even though they didn't have an off day, but still helps the bullpen out and helps the Dodgers out. And the Dodgers ended up rewarding them late at the last possible moment in order for him to get uh, that win. But, or did he get the win? Yeah, yeah he got the win. Yeah. yeah. I forgot we were, I forgot that they were not the home team because it was very much a home game at Angel stadium for, for Dodgers. But, yeah, I mean, Clayton Kershaw did what he has done this year, has done what he's done his entire career. And, like, I, I tweeted it right after that eighth inning. I tweeted something like, you know, it, it's nobody complains when the, about the manager when the bullpen does his job. And I felt like it was at that time because, you know, you Evan Phillips closes it out. And if he 
doesn't do well and people complain about Roberts, then that just means they don't like Robert. Like there, there was only one option for Dave Roberts to do in that ninth inning. And if that didn't work out and you still blamed him, then you, you know, you, you just have that bias already. Yeah. We're going to talk more about that in the second segment, that decision, what went into it. And uh, you know, the fact that it did work out pretty spectacularly uh, you were there in Anaheim at this game. Uh, I was watching on TV and like you mentioned to me on TV, it definitely sounded like a very pro Dodgers crowd, not quite as much as Dodger stadium, maybe, but, uh, but you know, I, probably more pro Dodgers than say a Dodgers Yankees game at Dodger stadium. Yeah, it was, I mean, late in the game, there was, there was let's go Dodger chance in that moment when Kershaw had the second and third, nobody out, like the crowd was behind him. There was, you know, the crowd was behind him. There was let's go Dodger chance, you know, they're angel fans. The, the Jumbotron was telling them to be louder. I don't know if they were being louder or not. Uh, and then there was, you know, Mookie got chance there late in the game, even though he didn't come through. Freddie got chance there late in the game. Yeah, the, the crowd was very pro-Dodger, which was a little bit surprising to me considering this is the first time since 2014 that the Angels came in with the better record in the freeway series. Uh, I thought, you know, maybe they would have been a little bit more forceful, but maybe they're shaving it for Otani. I know the ticket price difference between Tuesday and Wednesday uh, is a lot because Otani's throwing Wednesday, so maybe that's what they're waiting for. But yeah, and and you know when it comes to to Kershaw, I think the the stat that stands out is you know Otani and Trout over over against him. They both have bad numbers against him in their career, um, and that just continued on. And you know he made Otani look really bad on one of on the one of the strikeouts I think in the second at bat on a slider out of the zone. So when Otani, who was coming into the game as the AL player of the week, as one of the hottest hitters in baseball, you know, for Kershaw to just shut that down multiple times and to end that inning, you know, second and third, nobody out, get out of that inning, take care. That that bottom of the order for the Angels is not good. Like he was not facing good major league hitters. And, you know, on the flip side, the Dodgers have bottom of the orders like that sometimes. And it's not rarely they come through. Sometimes they don't. And, you know, Kershaw took care of what he needed to take care. Yeah, Kershaw's ERA for the season now is down to 272. Uh, it's which is bad for him. That's the that's the craziest thing. It's still it, so far he's having a bad Clayton Kershaw season, and he's tied for the league lead in wins and top ten in ERA. And just you know, it, it's crazy what he does. And that inning, yeah, I mean, knowing where the lineup was, and obviously it made it easier for Roberts to stick with Kershaw. No, okay, you know what? It's seven, eight, nine coming up, or I guess six, seven, eight, nine. It took him four batters to get the three outs. Um, but even Velasquez, the the nine hitter, he he was the only guy on the team. Kershaw hadn't gotten out yet that night. It was, you know, he uh, he had a walk and then a base hit. And uh, I don't know. I, I want to. I don't know if anybody asked Miguel Rojas or Kershaw after the game. They showed on the broadcast that uh, after the walk to whoever it was, Renjifo, to, to load the bases. Uh, Rojas went over, uh, like Smith came out and had a mound visit with Kershaw, and Rojas went in, and he stuck around a little bit after Smith and said something, like had something very specific to say to Kershaw, and then first pitch, gra- you know, ground ball to right to Rojas. So I, I I wonder what that was. And then after Rojas's double in the in the bottom of the eighth, or the top of the, yeah, top of the eighth, uh, and then after he scored the the first run of the game, he stopped and he talked to Mookie and to Freddie and told them something about Chris Davinsky, I assume. So I, it was kind of interesting to see Rojas kind of playing that role and just always looking for an edge and, and talking to them. I, I would love to be 
a fly on the wall to, to hear some of these things Rojas is saying. Uh, yeah, I mean, the, I, I guess we could talk briefly about that that two-run rally, the the luck part of it. The Dodgers, luck hasn't really gone their way lately. Um, field advantage on that bounce. Yeah, it, it was, you know, so it's runner on second, one out. Uh, Rojas was on second, and uh, Michael Bush hit what looked like it was going to be a ground ball to first to move Rojas to third base. Like, okay, moved him over, and uh, instead the ball – I don't know what it hit because it, it didn't hit the lip of the grass. It was just on the dirt. I don't know if there's a rock or if uh, somebody had a remote control on the ball. Whatever it was, I'm in favor of it because uh, the ball just bounced right over the first base and said he never had a chance at, at it. Turns into an RBI single, scoring what turned out to be the winning run. And uh, and then you know Will Smith drives in an insurance run later. But uh, Will Smith, you know Mookie Betts in between that, Mookie Betts popped out. That would have been the third out of the inning if Bushes had been a ground out. And so that's a scoreless inning, if not for the lucky hop. And I feel like uh, as Dodger fans, we deserve that lucky hop. Yeah, it looked like the movie Angels in the Outfield where uh, Christopher Lloyd has like the ball and he's just like moving it and you can't see him. So it looks something like that. Yeah, and you know, Will Smith nearly put him up 3-0. He just missed a double off the wall. Ended up coming through with the base hit anyway. So yeah, it was... uh, no, and there was a great play by Will Smith at the plate when a run might have scored earlier on. Rojas had him dead to right, had jury dead to rights. Throw was offline. Will Smith made a you know great recovery and tag. They had to go get reviewed, and uh, yeah, so you know it was just all around everything went the Dodgers' way that, that night. Yeah, Smith after the game actually said something interesting. He said because of instant replay, he doesn't worry about where he tags the guy. He said, "I'm just diving and trying to tag him as soon as I can." knowing that the optics don't matter because the camera will tell us if he was safe or out. And so he's, I just want to get the tag on. And yeah, it, the, the C flap saved him because it was literally, he tagged the C flap of the runner coming home. I don't think I got anything else before the shoulder. And so if not for that C flap, which means, you know, eight years ago, he Drury would have been safe at the plate when nobody was wearing C flaps. And now everybody's wearing C flaps and he was out because of it. So uh, good news for, for the Dodgers. So, we're going to come back in a minute. We're going to talk about Caleb Ferguson coming in to pitch the eighth inning against the heart of the Angels lineup, that decision, how it paid off and all of that. So thanks for making Locked On Dodgers your first listen, and please keep it Locked On Dodgers. This episode is brought to you by Game Time. Look, buying tickets to your favorite event shouldn't be stressful. Whether you want to go to a, a game, you want to go to a concert, a comedy show, theater tickets, whatever it is, you, it shouldn't be stressful. You shouldn't have to plan months and months in advance. Game time has killer deals on last minute tickets and their best price guarantee. So you can stop stressing over the tickets. You can start getting hyped for all the fun you'll have. So you don't got to plan months in advance. You don't, the, the best price guarantee. It's awesome. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less game time credits, you 110% of the difference. So you can actually make money on the deal, but you're not going to find a better deal because the reason they offer it is because they're really good at finding you the best price. And so you can uh, get images of your seat before you buy. So you know exactly what to expect when you're there. You can buy tickets in seconds. It's super fast. I've bought tickets through game time myself. It is so easy to buy tickets and they're sent directly to your phone. So you never have to dig through your email. So snag the tickets without the stress with game time, download the game time app, create an account and use code locked on MLB for $20 off your first purchase terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code locked on MLB for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. 
All right, we are back. We want to thank you again for making Locked On Dodgers your first listen every weekday morning. If you are watching this on YouTube, we'd love to hear from you in the YouTube comment section. If you're listening on the podcast, we'd love to hear from you through social media or email or whatever. We'll give you all that contact info at the end like we always do. And we also want to remind you, if you can't catch tonight's game on TV, you can always catch the local Dodgers radio broadcast on SiriusXM or the SXM app. Just launch the SXM app and search for Dodgers. You can also listen to this podcast on the SXM app. Just search for Locked On Dodgers because that's the name of the show. Uh, and with that, let's uh, let's talk about that. We'll, we'll set it up in case you weren't watching the game at the moment. I assume everybody's watched, so we're not going to belabor all the details. But uh, the Dodgers had just taken a lead. Kershaw went seven great innings, top of the eighth inning. Dodgers scored two runs, so it's two to nothing. And Dave Roberts brings in Caleb Ferguson to pitch the bottom of the eighth inning to face Taylor Ward. Shohei Otani and Mike Trout. Uh, it is the best part of the Angels lineup. It's the best part of a lot of lineups. Uh, you know, especially I, Trout is having a down year by Trout standards. Otani is not, uh, and it was a gutsy move. You know, and, and we've talked a lot this year about how uh, Dave Roberts has not been shy about going to Evan Phillips in high leverage situations uh, or earlier in the game, not necessarily saving him for the ninth inning. And I didn't, I don't think he was saving Phillips for the ninth inning here. I think it was of the six batters coming up in the, in the top six batters in the Angels lineup. Uh, Shohei Otani was the only lefty. And so if you're going with Caleb Ferguson, even though it's Shohei Otani, it's still the best matchup for, for Ferguson. And, uh, and he felt like, you know, obviously Dave Roberts still trusts Caleb Ferguson. Uh, and it's one of those things where, if that had backfired, if the Angels score a run or two in that inning, I mean, Dave Roberts just would have got just crucified on, on Twitter and everywhere else. Um, but because Ferguson pitched great, it's it's a good decision. And for me, it's a good decision either way because you need to get six outs. Evan Phillips is only going to get three of those for you. And so, you know, put Phillips in the best uh, situation to succeed too, because Phillips against Otani is a worse matchup for him. Uh, and so it, it put both guys in their best position to succeed, knowing that you need both of these guys to succeed. One of them succeeding isn't going to be enough. So you need both of them. And uh, so I loved the decision when he made the decision. Uh, I was very stressed about it, uh, but that was because of Caleb Ferguson, not because of Dave Roberts. And I am, I am so hoping that this gives Ferguson whatever he needs to remember. Oh yeah, I'm a really, really good pitcher. Yeah, it's one of those things. Like you know, what three weeks ago, maybe a month ago, whenever that not again the red, so probably like three weeks ago. Before those through those three weeks, like this would have been a decision that you don't really blink at. Like, hey, you know what? Caleb Ferguson's been one of the Dodgers' best relievers uh, for the most part, and you know he's going to face them. And then he struggled the last couple of weeks, but he still like the stuff never wavered. He just lost command that one time and then, you know, gave up a home run the other time. Like the, the pitch that he gave up the home run on wasn't even a bad pitch. It, you know, Schwerber just beat him. So like there's, th- like, there's things to look at. And that's probably one of the things they're looking at. Uh, Roberts after the game said that I think in this moment in time, left-handers are having a little bit of success. That's how I'm out against the Angels lineup. And it's nice when you can go to a left-hander named Caleb Ferguson and feel good about that. So, you know, it, it I don't know the numbers of left-handers against for the Angels or, like, you know, against the Angels lineup, but Kershaw just did well the entire game. 
So clearly there was some some reason for it, not just I want Caleb Ferguson to feel better about himself. And the fact of the matter is, you know, like I said, it the way to get out of this rut is for guys to do their job and you have to allow guys to do their job. And, you know, the other part of it is Hunter Renfro was kind of one of the hottest hitters of the night. And, you know, that might have been something you save Phillips for. Like, not saying Otani and Trout are like, even that they went over, it's not like, oh, my God, you know, you should they save them for Renfro. But, you know, Renfro was the guy that was hitting last night. And Renfro has hurt the Dodgers in the past. You know, so if you want to go based on that, then, yeah, you might want to save. There was a lot of factors to it. But I think all in all, the way you're going to get out of it is going to the guys and going to the guys that, you know, have shown that the stuff is there and they just had a couple of bad outings. You know, if he had went to Vessia in that inning, that's a whole different story because Vessia's stuff is kind of there, not really. And he also hasn't been having good outings. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Renfro and Drury were the, the pair on the overturn call at the plate. Renfro and Drury were the two guys on base uh, in the seventh inning. Like that was the part of the lineup that was doing it. Uh, it kind of shows you how, uh, how much of a funk they've been that that you couldn't remember if it was three or four weeks ago, that Red Series. That was only two weeks ago, Vince. That first game of the Red Series was two, two weeks ago tonight. And it feels game. like it was – I mean, game. it's it's been the longest two <laughs> weeks of our lives as the Dodgers have just struggled and struggled and struggled. Uh, but, you know, here we are, you know, not going to lose this series, uh, which is awesome. And, uh, yeah, Evan Phillips looked great as he almost always does. Uh, the I love the strikeout of Drury that he got Drury totally guessing slider and then just pumps a fastball right past him. Drury never had a chance to even swing the bat. Both guys hit 98 on the gun. And I know both guys throw hard, but I don't think both Ferguson and Phillips generally throw 98. I think of them more as like 96, occasionally touch a 97 kind of guys. And they both, uh, Ferguson's first pitch of the game uh, was 98, and, and Phillips had a 98 later in the game. So uh, I think they were pumped for this. Yeah, and, you know, like I said, the crowd was – it felt like a home game. So, like, you have the crowd behind you. You had the day – like, I don't think either of them pitched Sunday and they had the day off Monday. Like, if more guys – if more starters can keep going deep, you know, they had the day off Monday, day off Thursday – you can see the bullpen take shape a little bit in the sense of, you know, they have rest and they're, you know, Ferguson had thrown four or six, I think, as of last week. And Phillips had two going into the weekend, had thrown like four of the last six. So, like, they were, you know, they've been used a lot. And, and that's the other part that, like, when we look at some of these decisions, you know, this one coming off a day off and, you know, weekend where they didn't really have to use big arms, maybe not so much, but like other times when we think like, oh, man, why didn't Roberts go to this guy? Well, yeah, he didn't pitch yesterday, but he threw the two days before that, and he threw three of the five days before that. Then you're nine four out of six territory, and you know you're going to hurt yourself. Yeah, Phillips did pitch on Sunday, but that was because he hadn't pitched much in the previous games, and so he threw 14 pitches on Sunday. But yeah, set it up like both of those guys are going to be available again tonight because they they both had relatively quick innings, and with the day off on Thursday, so that's your two high leverage guys. Uh, so, yeah, the bullpen is set up pretty well. We're going to come back in a minute. We're going to talk about the pitching situation. Uh, we have word on who's pitching for the Dodgers today. Uh, we're going to talk about that and roster moves that that will necessitate and some rehabbing guys, a bunch of little pitching notes that we need to talk about that are pretty important right now. So uh, thanks for making Locked On Dodgers your first listen, and please keep it Locked On Dodgers. 
We are back. We want to thank you again for making us your first listen every weekday morning. Thanks for being an everydayer. If you are an everydayer, if you're not an everydayer, guess what? It's a super easy club to join. You just watch or listen every day. Watch and listen every day. Uh, hashtag double everydayer. Uh, you know, we love our everydayers. We love all you listeners, but uh, we, we love the everydayers a little bit more. So if you want to love you a little bit more, uh, just listen every day. And if you want to check out the Dodgers hometown radio broadcast of tonight's game or any game, you can do that on SiriusXM or the SXM app. Uh, just search for Dodgers on the SXM app, or you can listen to this show by searching for Locked on Dodgers on that very same SXM app. And uh, so we've got news. Dave Roberts said after the game, I'm just scrolling Twitter to see if I missed anything else that he said, but Dave Roberts said that that Michael Grove will be starting for the Dodgers on Wednesday, Michael Grove is currently uh, in the minor leagues and can't be called back up unless somebody goes on the injured list. And so that means somebody's going on the injured list and uh, it depends on who it's going to be, or we, we can wonder who it's going to be. Uh, Eric Steven put out a tweet uh, kind of laying out the situation, of the bullpen of, of who it might be. You assume it's going to be a reliever going on the IL because uh, it has to be a pitcher, and they can't really afford to put a starting pitcher on the IL unless he's actually injured, and hopefully none of them are. Uh, but so Phillips and Ferguson pitched tonight. Almonte and Gratterall both pitched on Sunday. Vesia and Robertson pitched on Saturday. Gratterall pitched on Friday also. Shelby Miller pitched on Thursday. Um, and so it seems to me like Nick Robertson probably has some uh, arm fatigue or lower body soreness or something, right? Yeah, I mean that that would be the guy based on you know the the roster situation and and how it goes and you know probably the lowest reliever on the totem pole right now. I did wonder slightly if they considered Gonsolin on like just knowing how his body has been they're expecting Julio to be back. Julio's expected to throw a bullpen or he threw a bullpen and he's expected to do a rehab start in Rancho on Sunday and then should come back after that. I don't think they can really take that chance right now, but if they did want to take that chance right now might be the time. But yeah, other than that, I think it's got to be Nick Robertson and, you know, Nick Robertson could be thinking if that is the case, you know, Nick Robertson can, can think uh, the way everything's situated because he'll get paid still a major league pay, uh, even though he probably likely would have been optioned if they didn't have to use IL stint. Yeah. And, you know, I guess another option would be Ryan Brazier, who they, they just uh, called up. Maybe he uh, got his back tightened up on the airplane. You know, um, you know, you, you never know with the Dodgers. But, uh, yeah, the Dodgers did call up Ryan Brazier to add to the bullpen. Uh, they had optioned Brian Hudson the day before on the off day. But to make room for Brazier, he was not on the 40-man roster, and so they had to – Make room for him on the 40-man roster, and they did it in a surprising way. They DFA'd Andre Jackson, which uh, Jackson has pitched pretty well for the Dodgers. Other than that, you know, the game when he was tipping his pitches, he's pitched pretty well. Um, it seems like he's probably going to be leaving the organization. Either somebody will claim him or they'll trade him. Uh, and uh, I guess there's a chance he could clear waivers and stay in the organization. But it seems like he's probably on his way out. Were you surprised that Andre Jackson was that corresponding movements? Yeah, it, it was definitely surprising just for, like you said, the simple fact of he's a healthy arm that 
has had some success and you know that you're calling up Ryan Brazier who didn't have success this year you know struggled with the Red Sox but has had success in the past and there's other guys on the roster that you know maybe could have fit that bill they finally ran out of guys to throw on the 60 days so like that wouldn't have worked out but yeah I mean it was surprising but I think it's one of those things where it's surprising you know kind of like the Edwin Rios situation in the offseason like it was surprising but then when you see like the roster crunch that's either upcoming or imminent, you're like, OK, I guess it makes a little bit more sense. Um, but, you know, losing a healthy arm when you are down a lot of guys, it was very interesting. But as we transition into getting guys back, you know, Julio, like I mentioned, post a pitch for Rancho on Sunday, then come back after that. Daniel Hudson is now with OKC doing his rehab. Jimmy Nelson had been throwing in the Arizona League. Uh, he just got moved to OKC. He's going to start doing his rehab. Phil Bickford just got moved to OKC. He's going to be doing his rehab. So assuming most of those guys get right, there is guys coming back. And some of those guys were on the 60-day, and there's going to be other moves that have to come when those guys come back. Yeah, just a quick count of guys who are on the 60-day injured list right now who we do expect back at some point in the season – uh, alphabetically speaking, you got Walker Bueller, JP Fireisen, Daniel Hudson, Dustin May, Jimmy Nelson, Ryan Pepio, uh, and maybe Blake Trinan. You know, so you, you've got several guys who you're gonna have to make roster spots for. The only position player on the 60 day right now who is maybe expected back this year is Trace Thompson. And I don't think they're gonna DFA anybody for Trace. Uh, but you know, those guys, so yeah, that you look at a guy like you know. Tyler Sear is also on the 60-day injured list. You know what? He's probably a pretty easy DFA when uh, when the time comes that they need that spot. Uh, and, and even, you know, Ryan Brazier is probably getting DFA'd again at some point. Uh, uh, yeah, I mean, even look at this. Like, who else do you get? Like, Nick Robertson? I don't think they want to DFA him. You know, maybe his lower body soreness turns into a 60-day lower body soreness or something. Um you know, Ricky Venasco is a guy who they they actually traded for. So th theoretically, they they must be high-ish on him. Uh, so probably not going to DFA him. But, I mean, there, there's going to be uh, roster crunch. And, and it'll be interesting to see what they do. And maybe that'll be part of the trade deadline is, you know, clearing up some roster crunch or something. I Yeah, it, it's it's wild. But uh, it was weird to see Andre Jackson get DFA'd. But like you said, in the context, it probably makes sense, especially because Jackson, I don't know that he has much upside. You know, like it's hard to picture Andre Jackson pitching important innings in the World Series. And that's what the Dodgers look for right now is a guy to pitch important innings in the World Series, not a guy to come in and get a three inning save every once in a while in a blowout game. Yeah. I mean, somewhat similar to Mitch Mitch White last year when they traded him is like he had value in the moment. But realistically, if you know, if Mitch White is pitching for you in the playoffs, probably something went wrong. Like, you know, they, he, he reached a, a peak that he probably was, you know, never going to surpass. So, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, maybe he'll clear. I don't think so. But if he does clear, you know, maybe he sticks around. I don't know what his, you know, what his thought process is. But, yeah. Um, and then one other guy that he touched on, Ryan Pepio, Andrew Friedman, before the game was hanging out around the, the dugout. And he said that he was starting a throwing program. You know, realistically, that means he's starting from scratch, similar to like start of spring training. So it's got to be at least another month and a half, two months before he's ready to go. But at least he's starting a throwing program. Yep. So, yeah, uh, 
it's going to be interesting for sure to see what's going on on the pitching front, but there are, it, it, you can picture it getting a little bit better on the, on the bullpen front between guys coming back. You know, if this is the start of ter- things turning around for Caleb Ferguson, that's awesome. You know, a lot of different things uh, could start to go right, which would be really good for the Dodgers because uh, their schedule uh, is, I'm not going to say it's easy because that's what we said earlier and uh, it didn't turn out that way. But after they play, you know, they finish with the Angels one more game, three against the Astros, but then it's the Rockies and then the Royals and then the Pirates and then the Angels again. And that's till the All-Star break. And so, you know, even though the Pirates are playing well this year, they're I don't know that they're actually a good team. So, you know, there, there's potential for the Dodgers to get hot a little bit and uh, could even make a move by the All-Star break if the if the bullpen can get the job done. Yeah. And then, but, uh, you know, every, like I said, that, the whole division starting to turn around a little bit. The well, the Giants have won nine in a row now. The Diamondbacks keep winning. The Padres were playing well, but then they just lost two to the Giants uh, thanks to their bullpen. So, yeah, the Dodgers are in a spot right now where they need to take advantage of getting healthy, and if they do get healthy, take advantage of a softer spot in the, you know. And, and the weird part is that we talked about May being that spot, like a tough spot. And then they did great in May. And now the yep. June has kind of been where they've struggled. So. Yeah. All right. I think that's going to do it for us for today. I want to thank you again for making Locked On Dodgers your first listen. Also want to remind you, you can catch the hometown radio broadcast of every Dodger game on SiriusXM or the SXM app. Just search for Dodgers. Uh, you can find us on Instagram and on Twitter at Locked On Dodgers. Vince is on Twitter at VinceSense91. I'm on Twitter at Snydog. The DMs are open in all of those places. Our email address is LockedOnDodgers at gmail.com. And our phone number for voicemails or text messages is 323-863-LOCK-5625. We are here every weekday morning, and we hope you'll be here with us. When you get in your car or sit on your couch, tell your smart device to play podcast Locked On Dodgers. And remember, you don't have to agree. You just have to listen. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Have a good one.